Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... And so endeth another USTA Pro Circuit season, uh, of which Noah played, I think, two events. So really, I mean, everything worked out just the way we expected it to at the beginning of 2021. <laughs> Honestly, there, were, there was there was a bright light, and I was like, oh, we're going to end on a high. It's all going to be fine. But you know what? I'm, it is what it is. Yeah, we're just moving. There's actually nothing left to say about that. But I'm feeling okay. Um, I enjoyed hearing your voice. It was soothing. Um, wasn't as much turmoil as I expected to be, to be honest with you. I agree. Um, which I don't even know if it was disappointing. I think we, you know, it was one of those things we needed a movie and we just needed to smile with it. You know, one of those times you just watch that movie. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. We needed Ted we Lasso. We needed Ted Lasso. And, and I think we got parts of it. I think you could say what you want, but Stefan Kozlov making kind of this move out of what has been a roller coaster of a th- Three, four years for him um, yeah. was a two years ago at five fifty. Five fifty was a Ted Lasso moment. How did how did it feel yes. watching it? Um, let me just say real quick: we are going to have the post match interview with Stefan Kozlov here mm-hmm. in the space in just a couple minutes. That's what will be our guest interview this week. Along with, I'm also going to add Christopher Eubanks from the week before in Knoxville. So that will be what sure? we have for you. Yeah, I, I, I actually have control over this. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. we're going to have okay, cool. Stefan Kozlov and Christopher Eubanks interviews coming up. Um, watching it. Um, did you watch Did you watch the final? I actually did, could Sunday? not watch the final on Sunday. Okay. So let me just say, those the, the first two sets between him and, he and Alex Vukic yeah. were extraordinarily high level. Like, really, 
really good tennis. And then the third set was just kind of like who could hold on the most. Right, right. <laughs> like everybody has 10 fingers and each one just keeps like falling off. Um, Stefan Kozlov is a different human being now. Um, I think he's hardened a little bit um, in, in terms of just what has allowed him to scrap and claw his way back here. Um, and I think that has made him tougher, um, more resilient, um, more forceful about what he wants to do and how he's going to do it. And I think it is to his credit that he has not quit, um, that he has truly scrapped, clawed, done whatever it's taken to get to this point. Um, you'll hear him talk about it in the interview, but I mean, he's, he, he says he's without a coach. He's just using his dad mm -hmm. at times, Chris Wettengill at times, and just his friends at times to just draw strength and inspiration while just he's playing on the road. tennis and playing it hard. And <laughs> the adaptation of the forehand now, so it is truly a weapon from really awkward, weird spots. Mm -hmm. Like he can he can do different things now on top of the skill set he already had. Um, it's it's fascinating to watch. I you know obviously I, I think I posted it after the Charlottesville win, but. Some of the pictures I've have of him at 15 and 16 years <laughs> old in Sacramento so, and yeah. then in, in Maui and just like he was just this little kid, you know, really. And now he is he is a man and he has gone through it. We talked to him here on the podcast. We had him on the pod and, you know, you heard some of his stories then. It's it's a it's quite a transformation and really moving 200 spots in four months in the rankings as they are now. Oh, is unbelievable yeah i didn't even want to go into the negative side of things quite early on um and i know this is just the beginning but yeah I, I was curious how he felt about working as hard as he did and only being 150 while he should be higher than that in the rankings i know yes. eubanks is another one that we saw kind of move up towards the end and um you know we really I, I think we early on thought that the rankings would drop off and people would kind of move up but it doesn't seem like that's the case it seems like you have to work that hard this year to kind of get to 150, and, and that's going to be it. I mean, there's a lot of players around those rankings. Um, but again, let's, let's, this is a positive. We want to smile. Um, and I don't, I don't know if we're going to get the answer from Stefan. I heard some of the conversations with you, but really what that turning point was. You know, I want to talk to him kind of for behind the rack and see what we can, you know, squeak out of him. But, you know, what changed? What was that, yeah. you know, that light, you know, that light switch moment for him that he just flicked it and said, this is what's happening. I'm not quitting tennis and I'm going to be back at that level. Um, but, but what a tricky sport tennis is for us to say he's hardened and matured and old and he's 23 years old. You know, that's, that's know. the sport tennis is. And that's, that shows just how many years Stefan has been a part of this sport professionally really? as well. Correct. Yeah. And to, to answer your question right now in the race, uh, the year end race, which just counts obviously this year's mm -hmm. rankings for those of you that are not familiar. He's at 159 officially right now. Right. In the race, which is just this year's points, he's at 122. And almost all of that has come in the last four months. And people would like to say that's not a big difference, but that is a tremendous difference. A difference. With, with tournaments, with getting into, you might squeak into 250 main draws every once in a while, definitely being qualities. Um, it's a big difference. And I think I think we're seeing that, so I don't want that to discourage anybody away, especially yeah. a Stefan who who made a push here. But um, he's he's got nothing to defend the first half at all, right? So he he top one hundred is very realistic for him, and that's crazy to think about. But he has crazy. he has a first Grand Slam main draw debut 
Yes. At the beginning of the year. I mean, that, that's the way you Which want to again, start a year. It's unbelievable <laughs> to think about the fact that Stefan Kozlov never got a wild card to the US Open, didn't qualify one of those years when he was 115 in the world. Right. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Easy to think about it. Yeah. No, actually, uh, an insane road that he's been on, but but he's here. And, and this is this is also the beauty of tennis. You know, you don't, you're, you're not making it on a team. You don't have to fight your way for a contract. If you're there and you're winning tennis matches, you, you're in the count. So it's, yep. uh, I'm excited for him. Before we get to the two interviews, um, let's let's quickly hit on a couple of the main topics uh, of the sport mm-hmm. as as we see them right now. Yes. Obviously, Peng, Sh- Peng Shui. Um, there, listen, there have been some fantastic podcasts that I've seen, some great articles. There's nothing that you nor no. I can offer the situation here that hasn't been discussed in detail. Um, just, I think, obviously, both of us are greatly concerned. I think the little IOC video that they had with her uh, is not nearly enough, no. considering the IOC is essentially in bed with the Chinese at this point because the Olympics coming up in about a month and a half. Um, it's obviously disconcerting, scary, and I, I don't know that we have anything else to offer except our, our thoughts are there. No, no. It was uh, how everything transpired and, and kind of watching the situation unfold. It was – it almost – talk about a movie. This seemed like a different type of movie. This seemed like you know yes. something that you, you pop on Hulu and, and you check it out. But And then Liam Neeson is there trying literally, to find Peng Shui. Yeah, no, and, yeah. and so, yeah, no, this is not enough right now. I'm, I'm glad the tennis community kind of came together. But this has been – off the court within tennis has been a interesting year. I think there's there's been a lot of holes poked in the system of tennis um, that we spoke about probably now, now two years ago, a year and a half ago, yeah. um, you know, between the des- domestic violence, which – Zverev coming out on top. Um, I'm going to get, get to that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then now, um, yeah, scary. Um, but, but I hope the tennis communities can come together. And I hope ATP and WTA, with WTA being a leader almost in, in, in finding yes. their voice, hope ATP can follow as you know with the ITF as well. Finally, before we do the Kozlov and Eubanks interviews, um, you mentioned it. Zverev winning yesterday. Uh, I, I think... We can all agree on the court now, Zverev is probably one of the two, three best players. I think you're now in a you're now in a situation where it's Djokovic, Medvedev, and Zverev are your your three right. at this point with who knows if Nadal and I don't think Federer is ever gonna be close to that level again. Right. Nadal maybe. Um that's on the court. Uh I have not had anybody yet uh Noah, who has been accused of something as serious as domestic violence, sexual assault, something along those lines. I imagine it is a very challenging time when somebody you consider a friend is accused of something very serious. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that if that happens, I will try to offer my counsel and support for my friend as much as possible. But I also don't need to go on social media and start posting about how what a terrible thing has happened to my friend and Novak coming out yesterday and posting this thing. He's been through so much off the court. I get it. Trying to support your friend is important. Trying to be there for the people you care about is important. You got to read the room, man. (laughs) You got to read the room. I I just don't know where to, this is the top of the sport. And since we're such a star driven sport, I don't, I don't know where to go from here in terms of what, what is the next step? If you're not getting these guys to 
kind of take that stand. This is this is all the world sees in, in men's professional tennis. They're not seeing the 75 guy in the world. They're seeing Novak and Zverev and, and Novak, you know, vouching for this man and, and his character and saying what an amazing person he is. Just not the time. You know, just just not the time. And offer your support in right. in private. I get it. This is pretty damn serious, man. You don't need to say that he's been traumatized by something off the court when, frankly, he very likely, it appears, has traumatized another human being. And, and you can say what he wants, but he's, you know, we, we talk about the emotions that's running through Zverev's head during this time. Obviously, hasn't impacted him, you know, with the with yeah. the year that he's had. So just not the time. And for Zverev to end it with, you know, we understand the vaccinations, but hopefully Novak can get an exemption. I'm just like, whoa. What's, what are we doing right here? What, what are they? So it, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think to add that into our discussion. Yeah, so there's nowhere to really go with it. I, I think I'm extremely disappointed with where the sport is. Again, if you go back to our podcast a year and a half ago, we were talking about the holes that would be poked. You know how certain areas of tennis would be highlighted during the situation, and I think it's worse than both you and I ever expected it to be. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> I, it's, it's just, I'm a pretty pessimistic guy. That, that is true. That is true. But I mean, just the past three weeks, it, it is truly remarkable. Yeah. So it's been it's been disappointing and depressing, and I remain hopeful for 2022 to get to a better place. I actually am optimistic in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, it's the last bit I'll put in, and then we'll take it away from some of that. Is just tough on the players right now you know there's no schedule yeah. yet we're, we're, we're unaware of what's taking place and and i think sure. for the the fans to understand that here we are getting ready for preseason trying to prepare we don't know what anything looks like we don't know when our first tournaments will be we have finally got an understanding of what australia could look like with the 250s yeah. as well and challengers but that's just australia that's just those guys there um and that's and they still don't understand the vaccination so i think there's a lot of uncertainty going to 2022 we can be positive about it but it's still it's going to be an interesting road yeah riley riley tweeted about <laughs> it uh, sometime yeah. last week and actually got a lot of criticism of people saying you know well we're still in the midst of a pandemic and i i i think that's a a very important thing to say that we still are very much in the midst of it however when you're about a month out I mean, considering especially your, what, what's when when does the cut come out? Four four weeks, three weeks yeah. uh, before mm-hmm. two fifty. I mean, you got to make some important decisions, especially about travel around the or world. Yeah, by yourself, you're not with a team. This is on you, right? So those are those are pretty important things for for I think the players to decide, especially for challenger level players whose the money is obviously so tight right now. So I think that's a valuable thing. Kudos to Tennis Australia for instituting the vaccination requirement. Mm-hmm. I think that is a bold stance that needed to happen and I applaud them. You'll see what and players will do. <laughs> I I want uh, I wonder what the cuts are going to be. I think the women's cuts are going to be pretty close to normal. I think the men's cuts are going to be a little bit worse. You said 275. I think we could see a three. I think we could see. You think you could see a three for qualis? I think we could see a three for qualis. <laughs> Maybe. Um, we're, we've. I've got a list that I'm compiling right now, Noah, of guests mm-hmm. for us to get in the off season. Um, I know you're not there yet. Uh, you're very much in your Islanders gear and groove right now, uh, which I respect trying to get into hockey, hockey world. Um, but we've got some guests that we've got lined up along the next couple of weeks that we're going to get to. I hope all of you in the States have a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, those of you, is it Boxing Day? 
Do we have a Boxing Day this week? You don't know? No Boxing Day. What are you giving me? You, you have nothing. Boxing Day. You've got nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's a British and Canadian holiday, right? Uh, Box, Boxing Day. You're taking this out. Oh, it's Sunday, December 26th. It's the day after Christmas. That's, that's where my okay, hands Okay, we'll at. take that out. No, it's fine. It's gonna, we're going to leave it in. Um, and I hope all of you celebrate well and eat well. We're going to have duck. Don't tell my daughter. Um, she won't be happy about that. Uh, what are you going to have? Turkey, like a normal human being. Yeah, you're missing out. Turkey is a terrible meat. Okay. Stefan Kozlov, Christopher Eubanks interviews coming up. Thank you for being a part of the Behind the Racket podcast. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, joined by Mr. Kozlov. Um, you seem very nonplussed and very uh, unimpressed by the, what you've just done, but I, I have to tell you, I completely am. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Um, it's pretty cool to do it in front of you. Are you exhausted right now? What I'm, I'm trying to gauge you uh, right now where you're at with your with your brain after this win. Um. Yeah, I, I, let's let's put it this way: the wild card was pretty heavy on me. Yeah, um, and I think yesterday was um, a lot in yes. terms of just the. I mean, honestly, Knoxville was the worst for me, and then just every day since it's been a battle, and and I, I it's been a challenge for sure for me and uh, for JJ as well. And you know, long term, we're gonna grow from it, and um, we're gonna you know use this experience down the road. And um, today was a weird match. It was an early start. I was tired i was like not even here I, I didn't feel like i was here mm. and um and i only won for one reason and that reason was that guy in the illinois that started yelling at me mm. i was i was checked out i really? was down a set and a break i was kind of battling my own voice in my head yeah just not myself i was the better player i was just not myself and and then that guy made it personal and that's when i knew i couldn't lose this match and i went into Beast mode. That second set from two one down was. I, I actually, if you go back and watch at about one all two one in the in the second, I said I think we're about to see Pete Kozlov, because I've known you well enough to know that like once something gets personal, yeah. I even brought up the Jordan meme. And oh, I that's that right. Personally. I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I I know you well enough. So, what was it in those that stretch that four game stretch really? where you went from a breakdown to a breakup that just what locked in in terms of what you were doing? Well, I mean, it started with, like, I, obviously I have a long way to go in terms of you know, maturing and playing at the top um, in terms of, but I, I got some bad calls there, man. I really did. Um, obviously, 
we're never going to know for sure. Yeah. But back to back, and then this one, the late call, it just, it, it felt, something felt like it was, again, I'm not going to say it, but it just felt off. Mm. And and then I kind of vented a little bit, and then I started walking, I went no change, I walked over here, and some guy started, some young guy too started charging at me, and that moment I knew that, that if Fook was going to win, he was going to have to go through a lot. Yeah. And, and I just locked in completely and just focused on focused on being a beast, you know, um, focused on moving him side to side, focused on uh, going quick in between points. So I just tried to take his lungs completely, and it, it looked like it worked, actually. I think so, too. Yeah. And you told me in Charlottesville after you won that title, you yeah. talked about that MMA style that, yeah. you know, rip your head off. That third set, not the best tennis. No. That was physical. That was a gladiator type match. Who was going to have the legs at the end? 100%. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like to say rip your head off because I think someone made that a, uh, a headline, and I, I don't mm. want that to be a headline. But, but that's a concept, you know. It's kind of like the, you know, you watch the UFC and and these guys are just taking blows and they're hitting each other, and then after the match they have so much respect, and mm-hmm. and that's kind of, you know, no disrespect to any of my competitors. I'm, uh, you know, I'm. I'm just trying to, you know, he's trying to take from me today, and, and JJ was trying to take from me yesterday, and that's the mindset I'm having. So not personal. You're not my friend. Um, I don't care if you don't like me. Um, and you're right. That was an ugly third set, really ugly, and that's 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 the mental s- uh, aspect of the sport. You know, that's what we all got to improve. And how many times have you seen the top players try to serve out a match? And, like, you know, it happens. So, again, it's, um, like you said, gladiator for sure. What does it mean? First off, I want to say I appreciate yesterday the fact you said I, I don't want to do an interview. I have one more. Yeah. What does it mean now that you're done that you know that you're going to get to play in your first Grand Slam main draw? It doesn't mean um, it means a lot because of where I'm coming from four months ago. It's been a magical four months. It's, it really has been. And I think, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot. I know you talk about it. Uh, it's been a really magical maybe two two months now with results i mean yeah. goodness it's it's been a really amazing stretch here but um i i just i feel like i owe it to myself to just keep working hard keep fulfilling my potential and and i have so much motivation man i, I really do i have a lot of motivation that from the times you know when i wasn't where I, you know and <laughs> i just have a lot of fuel and uh i hope that um or i i, I hope that i can you know get after it next year as well. There are a lot of people who reached out to me over the last two weeks who have just, who are so thrilled that you might have this opportunity. Like I know that a main draw match, like a singular, it doesn't mean anything, right? It's one match in the grand scheme of things. But considering, I mean, two years ago, you're literally at 550. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nowhere near where you, you can and should be. Not only that, I mean, when I was 115 in the world, I didn't get a wild card into the open. Yeah. So like, and there were so many opportunities for me to get a wild card into the open. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to you know victimize the situation, but I'm just saying that it was like, for me to never have played a main draw match is, it means a lot to earn it like this. Yeah. And for it to be in Australia, like I, I know I'm gonna go out and put on a show. I hope I play someone big. I hope I get my potential to swing out and and uh, you know I have like you know it would be fun. That, that's all. That's really what it is. And yeah, you know I'm looking forward to it. Um, so. I will say that Francis Tiafo specifically uh, for the last like four days has been asking me to do the math of the wild card chase really? for him so wow. that I could just tell him here's what needs to happen. Sure. He FaceTime me. <laughs> that's the thing everybody yeah. like everybody's wanted this moment for you. Well well look, Francis is is one of the best 
human beings I know. Yeah. Um, so that that's no surprise to me. He yeah. actually FaceTimed me last night just to graduate <laughs> me and, and motivate me. And, I, and I've been telling him, because him, Mo, and I are f- super close. We've right. been best friends since we've been young. And, and I told him, like, bro, like, you're leading the pack. You know, he's leading the pack of the Wolves. You know, he's, yeah. he's pushing every week, Vienna, final, right? Yeah. Uh, just, just, just relentless stuff. And, um, and I, I just, I have so much love for him. And, and he's always had my back and always supported me where these other guys, uh, once they got, once they made it, you know, quote unquote made it, they just acted different and they mm. started uh, just, just disgusting behavior. Mm. So I'm not going to get into that, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you about yeah. that because we're supposed to celebrate right now. Absolutely. Um, Talk about your team. It's a unique group you've got down there. Cause uh, your parents, Chris Wettengel, his gr- his girlfriend, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a unique group. It really is. <laughs> there's no way. There's no other way about it. I mean, I just I went to Europe uh, a couple weeks ago before Carrie on my own, and then I asked Justin Natali to fly in. He's just a buddy of mine. I've just been asking like friends to fly in. So yeah. I really have. I mean, look, Wet's a super intelligent guy. I, li- I like being with him. Um, but I really haven't had a coach uh, these last four months. Mm. I've just kind of been structuring my practices on my own yeah. and understanding what I need to do. And um, and then I've just been, you know, like motivation stuff, like getting through matches is the biggest thing. Like Chris and my dad, such a unique group, like you said. Yeah. Uh, just you can't make it up. <laughs> um, three titles in, in, what, three three months, two, two and a half months. I mean, that's a ridiculous run, Cos. It really is. Um, you've put in a lot of effort, man. Well done. Thanks, man. Yeah, just blessed, man. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm just blessed to be in this position, and um, it's been a you know, like we talk about, it's it's been a long road, and um, I look forward to um, continuing for sure. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. Man. Go enjoy some some time. You're gonna have some Thai food. You're <laughs> gonna do something fun tonight, or are you just gonna get on a plane Gosh. tomorrow morning and get get somewhere warm? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I like Chicago. I, I like I like the cold weather actually. So me too. So it's a nice change up for a Florida boy. So we'll see what happens. But um, uh, we'll see. yeah, we'll definitely see. Okay. We'll uh, we'll get to see you in Melbourne. I'm Excellent. happy about that. You're going. I'm not this oh. year, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be watching. Oh, I'll be watching from afar. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, that, that, I know. That, I'm a little disappointed too. I'm disappointed, man. <laughs> I want you calling well, my maybe match it, again. Maybe it's just that uh, both of us can't be there at the same time right now. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens with everything. All right. That's Stefan Kozlov, champion here in Champaign, as he was in Charlottesville, as he was in Columbus, and that, that, I guess that's it for the USTA Pro Circuit year. Sure is. You want to say goodbye to the people? Goodbye. Thanks, thanks everyone for your support. I know it's hard to sometimes watch me, but uh, I really appreciate the energy, and I can feel it. Thank you. All right. Peace out, guys. All right. You want to, you want music in the background? Whatever you want. I don't care. You don't care. You're just ready to go to Atlanta. Um, Mike Cation, that's Christopher Eubanks, uh, champion here in Knoxville. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, you talked to me multiple times this week about the idea of pressure in terms of the way you are able to implement it within a match. I imagine that was probably about as close to perfection in that regard as you could ask for. 100%. 100%. I think I executed beginning to end pretty much as well as I planned and, and, and would have liked to, put it that way. Um, just first off, having to serve well, something I felt like I did extremely well, very high percentage, high, uh, percentage first serves, won a lot of points behind it. And then just applying pressure on returns, making him feel as though he's under duress the entire time. Um, 
and even into the second set. I know in some matches I've played, I've had a letdown early yep. in the second set, getting broken, maybe even breaking myself. Wanted to really drive home. Phil even told me before the match, like, hey, if you get the first set, let's try to stay on it and not, you know, just give away a break early in the second set. So I wanted to stay on it. And then we had that really long service game. Wearing, uh, seven deuces. Yeah. Seven deuces. He was scratching and clawing to, to be able to hold. But even after not getting that break and having a second serve return on the forehand and missing it, and, and I think I had maybe two break points in that game, even after not getting that break, I knew if I came back and I held quickly, I knew he, his first serve, I felt like his first serve percentage might drop because mm-hmm. he had a very high percentage of first serves even in that game. I was just able to kind of read it. He held, I came back, I held it either love or 15. 15 and then yeah. I noticed the first two service points, he missed his first serve. So I knew that I was going to be in there at that time and then just kind of compound pressure over time, just usually, hopefully, plays into my favor a second of those break chances in that seven deuce game you decided you knew he was going with the second serve out to the backhand wing you decided to run around it you missed it was a little hesitant I didn't fully commit to it I kind of wanted to be able to react in case he went T and I think if I had committed fully to it I don't think I would have missed it because I was still falling over a little bit did a better job on the next game when I did break I said all right if I see the toss go back I'm jumping and I jumped I had the forehand I went after it and Luckily, it went in. Thank you for answering my question before I even I had to. Exactly I knew mean, <laughs> exactly where you were going with it. I knew exactly where you were going with it. It, it looked like you were just prepared yeah. and absolutely set. Um, the, the game plan coming in, I mean, how, how much do you adjust from player to player now because the fact that so much is really dependent on you? Not that much, honestly. It, I think certain guys, especially a lot of the American guys, I know them. They know yeah, me. Sure. They know my tendencies. They know where I might serve on big points. They know where I might like to take my forehand, things like that. Those are the times I have to do a little bit extra thinking and adjusting. When I'm playing somebody for the first time, like I was today against Daniel, I kind of felt like, yes, you can look at video, you can scout, you can do all that, but there's a difference between being on the court and, and seeing it. Like even in my match with Bjorn and Christian, like those are guys I know. They know yeah. me pretty well, so I have to kind of do a little bit more adjusting there. Today, I felt like I could just kind of come out and play free. Didn't really have to think that much. Said just execute, make a high percentage of first serves, and then you should be fine after that. And pretty much that was that was the game plan. So when you do have that going in, I mean, you, you also know what a pretty predictable scouting plan is going to look like for somebody who's a first-time opponent, right? I mean, you kind of have that idea. So how do you counter that? You're saying what their scouting yeah, is going to be against what, me? Yeah, you kind of know what people are going to yeah, think, Yeah, you, you right? know what they're going to do, but I also I think I'm – Pretty fortunate, and I have a game style that allows me to take the racket out of their hand. Yeah. So it's you can prepare all you want, but if I come out and I'm executing how I know I can, it's still going to be pretty tough. That's just the way that I try to look at it. I said, yes, you can scout, you can do all the, the the analytics, you can see tendencies and all that, but there's a there's a strong difference from being on the other side of the court and having to actually make the shot just because you know where it's going. I think my weight of shot can doesn't might not really come through um, on video or analytics or whatever. So I, I think that's right. I don't think that much about it. Um, our friend Colette Lewis uh, pointed out when she was tweeting about the match after you won, um, when you won Orlando, when you were in the middle of the summer, you were really struggling at that point to get into U.S. Open qualies, you know, qualies of any slam. And now you've moved up. I think you're going to end up either two or three spots behind your career high at the end of the year. Maybe what? I should have played champagne, huh? <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't even going to ask that today. Uh, but w- w- what has allowed you... You said in Orlando the the idea of just playing free and being who you are. What has allowed you to continue that momentum to to get to this point here today? Honestly, I just think the confidence is there. I think my confidence is is somewhere that it it hasn't really been before. Um, This week, we didn't have the the mindset of, you know, kind of 
play free and just have fun like we did in Orlando, but it was somewhat similar. We, we, we would talk before the match, and we would just, after I got through the match with Vashik, I just kind of felt like I was finding my rhythm, and I found my rhythm on serve, and Phil would just say, hey, man, serve, hard, serve, hard, uh, serve big or go home. Serve big and go home. That's it. And it just ended up snowballing into another match and another serve big, go home. And it was just so carefree. It was just just out there playing tennis. I was out there maybe not having as much fun as Orlando because <laughs> Orlando, I was laughing in matches and yes. doing all the and just kind of being super carefree. I, I definitely knew what was on the line today. Yeah. I wanted to get the title today. Um, but all in all, I think I was able to stay very calm and very um, collected in the pressure moments. And I think part of that is just kind of being a bit more carefree than I typically am. It's very rare to be able to end your season with a win, obviously, and I know World Team Tennis is coming, but your individual season, if you will, ends with a win. It also comes with it about a month until you next compete in terms of an individual competition. How do you maintain that? What do you take out of this week to then kind of push you in the off season? Ah, that's a good question. Honestly, I think it's, it's something I haven't thought that much about right now. <laughs> I, I know I have World Team Tennis. I know I have two weeks of consistent matches. I think after that, we'll kind of sit down. We'll dissect. We, for one, see what the schedule is going to look like for early part of the year because yeah. a lot of it's still up in the air. And then we just kind of plan around that. We plan on, okay, I want to obviously peak in Australia. What's coming after that? And then we say, hey, is it a good idea to, you know, maybe just play week after week after week after week? Or do we kind of be a little bit more specific and a little bit more selective with the tournaments I play? That's all stuff we'll figure out later. Right now, I'm just kind of just enjoying getting another title this year and ending uh, my ATP season on a win. You and I both give your coach, Philip Gresk, a very hard time. Extremely. Extremely hard time. He deserves it. Absolutely. Uh, frankly, but it is it is a pretty unique partnership you guys have being as close um, as you are as friends, former teammates at Georgia Tech, along with the coaching side. Um how how do you maintain it so that this relationship stays strong? Because clearly it is working with two challenger titles here over the last few months. I think we know each other well enough. We we know each other. He knows when, and, and I'm no angel, he knows when I'm in a mood. There'll be certain things that he'll tell me that I know are things I'm supposed to do, but I'll just fight it just because I just don't feel like hearing his mouth. I know I'm, I'm not supposed to hit my forehand big. I don't want to hit my I want to go all second serves. And, he kind of knows me enough to know when to push and when to back off, and I think that just comes from being so close. But also, we, we are able to draw a, a pretty firm line when we're on the court, and I'm kind of in a my normal state of mind where I'm just kind of open, like, all right, what do you want to do today? And he'll kind of tell me, and I'll give my feedback. There, there have been practices in which I come out and I kind of run point on it. Like, mm -hmm. I will, we'll be on the court, and we'll swarm up, and then I'll say, all right, I want to do this. He's like, all right. Hey, all right next, if we finish that, I want to do this. Okay, all right. And next, I want to do this. And he, I'll run point, and then he'll just go at the end. Hey, at the end, let's just do a couple returns. And he, he knows when to push and when to pull back. Yeah, I think it just comes from being so close and, and just knowing each other. I think a lot of things about coaching isn't necessarily about – obviously, a lot of it is about the knowledge that's given, but it's also how it's given. It's, it's do you know the player well enough to know when – what their buttons are, when to really push and when to draw back, and, and just having that relationship with them. And I think we have a pretty, pretty cool dynamic uh, with that right now, and it's been working so far. As I let you go, uh, you're going to be heading to Atlanta for tonight, yep. and I, I believe to Indian Wells tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Um, there's got to be some sort of celebration tonight, though. Nah, no, really. <laughs> I got a lot. I got a lot to do when I get back. I got a lot to do. I got a lot of laundry. I got to get ready and make sure 
I think uh, your coach disagrees with you, but that's sure, okay. I got to make sure my serve is still popping for uh, World <laughs> Team Tennis. I can't, I can't let the New York Empire down. Did, did they lose last night? They did lose last night. To whom? They lost to the Orange County Breakers. With? Who's on, I, I know who's on your team. Steve Johnson, okay. um, Nate Lamons, uh, Amanda Nisimova, and uh, Tatiana Maria. It's not bad. Not a bad team. It's not a bad. Not team. a bad team. I look forward to going against them uh, when I get out there. I'm sure. I'm sure you would have been the difference. I hope so. We'll see <laughs> when I get out there. Chris, um, thanks for everything this this year. It's been it's been fun. Uh, I appreciate uh, personally being a let inside every once in a while. That has been fun for me. So I appreciate that very much. Um, and congratulations. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at Noah Rubin thirty three at Mike C Tennis and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.